What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bizarre Junkies podcast. I'm your host, as always, Austin Alvarez. I'm joined by Mr. Jory today. He's, uh, you know, he did our he did our last deep dive episode, and uh, I could see his face. He was not enjoying it because it was about Jeffrey Dahmer, but that's okay. This one's not as bad, I would say. Not as bad. He doesn't know the. I told him the topic beforehand, and he he thought I was going to go a totally different direction than we're actually going to go. Uh, but if you couldn't read the title, today's episode is about the true crime of Chicago. More specifically, older Chicago. Kind of how it got its start and everything. Uh, big ups to Franny for helping me get this all researched and written out and everything. But uh, yeah, so I mean, Jory, I think you said you've only been to Chicago once? One time, yeah. One time, me too. Me too. But um, great pizza. Great pizza. I, I was only there for a couple of hours, so I don't know too much. Um, but we're gonna be talking about the true crime. So violence throughout American history has always, always existed. And in some places it seems to exist in more abundance and even take form as serial murder. Is this due to the wide use of lead paint or some sort of ley line or cursed land that the city of Chicago resides on? Let's go ahead and dive into three different famous true crime figures from the Chicago area. So first we will start with HH Holmes. Holmes was a con artist and serial killer that was active between 1891 and 1894. Although he would be executed in 1896, he managed to confess to the killings of 27 different people. However, some of the people he had claimed to have killed would still be alive at the time of his confession. So that's a it's a bit of an odd one to be like, yeah, I killed all these people. And they're like, wait, I'm, I'm sitting right right here. Unless, unless, Troy, he was like trying to tell the future. He's like, I will have killed 27 people. And they're like, the three of them are right there. And I'm like, yeah, like right, that's, right. he might do that, something like that. But nonetheless, some of them would still be alive. Much of the lore associated with Holmes is related to that of his so-called murder castle, a three-story building he commissioned in Chicago. Many of the details about the building are believed to be sensationalized by journalists at the time. Some of the early reports claim to have had his death toll up to 200 victims. Holmes would ultimately commit a string of crimes and murders that would lead him all the way to Boston, where he would eventually be captured and held for an outstanding warrant for horse theft in Texas, which I think is so weird that, like, he's doing all these murders and everything, and then they get him on horse theft. I guess it's just like a whatever we can get him on, we'll get him on, and then we'll try to throw the book at him. So Holmes would then be put on trial for the murder of his most infamous victim, Benjamin Peitzel. He would ultimately be found guilty and sentenced to death for his crime. On May 7th, 1896, Holmes was hanged where he strangled and twitched for over 15 minutes before eventually dying. 15 minutes is crazy. Crazy. So normally what happens is when you when you hang somebody, it, it breaks their neck and kills them instantly. The, the, his neck didn't break. So he was just hanging there for 15 minutes, literally just, just suffocating, which is a pretty gruesome way to go, which some people may see, th- see that as fit justice. I don't really have an opinion all that much about that but that is where we're going to start our journey which is with hh Holmes. so now we're going to move on to arguably chicago's most famous true crime overlord al capone everybody knows who al capone is he's honestly he's kind of a household name i mean there's a restaurant here called capone's and it was on a tv show it was on bar rescue you ever watch that show jory i've seen it a few times i haven't seen that specific episode though and it was during covid um, the only reason why I know that is because the, the gun store that I took my, my CCW course at is directly in the same parking lot. And they're like, man, that shit sucked. Like we couldn't use the parking lot for like two weeks. 
<laughs> they make it seem like it's like a couple of days, but it's like weeks that they do right. all the filming for everything. They're like, all right, tomorrow we're opening. And it's like, no, that was like four days later that they did that. But Capone was a gangster and businessman who gained his reputation during the Prohibition era as the co-founder and boss of the Chicago outfit from 1925 to 1931. His reign would end when he wound up in prison. The most heinous act associated with Capone was the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in 1929. He is widely believed to have been the one to order the hit, despite being at his Florida home at the time of the massacre. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre was the murder of seven members and associates of Chicago's Northside Gang. The men were gathered at Lincoln Park, not the same Lincoln Park as the band, it's like, you know, Abraham Lincoln, uh, but they were gathered at Lincoln Park, uh, Chicago Garage, on the morning of February 14th, 1929. They were lined up against a wall and shot by four men, two of them impersonating police officers. The massacre was believed to have been ordered over a stolen shipment of whiskey during the height of prohibition in America. Now, most people believe that Capone went to prison for murders or other violent crimes, but he actually went to prison for tax evasion. So this was something that I thought too, but way, you know, when I first heard about him, I was like, oh, he went to, he went to prison for committing, you know, all these murders and everything. No, actually he was, he was just, no, nah, I'm not going to pay taxes. Um, which is funny because looking into it, he hired a bunch, like the top like lawyers in the country to help him. And they, they were like, yeah, you're still going to go, buddy. But um, upon further research, it was, you know, it's pretty clear. A lot of reports were saying that he was actually kind of well liked in the city of Chicago. As long as you weren't like a neighboring gang member or something like that. Uh, if somebody like Joy, let's say you were you happened to be at the scene of like where his gang was taking out somebody and you got shot. They would, I believe they would pay your hospital bill and like get you flowers and stuff and be like, damn. That's Mr. Mr. Capone apologizes for this inconvenience. Right, right. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, like Mr. Capone sends his regards. So tax evasion. That's why, that's why he went. I lost my train of thought there, but that's why he went. He went for tax evasion. So he was sent to prison in 1932. Upon arrival in prison, he was diagnosed with syphilis and gonorrhea. This would lead to his health and mental faculties declining over the next few years. He would eventually be released from prison due to his worsening condition. In 1946, multiple medical complications brought on by the syphilis led to his death. So he had like awful. So, so at the time, like syphilis is like pretty, I, as far as I know, pretty treatable now with penicillin. But like the, when they invented penicillin, it was like too late. Like I think it was like a year before he died. And it was too onset. So they couldn't even like give it to him and have it do it. Like they gave it to him. He was like one of the first ones to get the vaccine. And like, it really didn't. He was probably way too far gone. He's way too yeah. gone. And they said that at, you know, towards the end of his life, this, um, the, the syphilis had rendered his mental state down to that of a 12 year old. So it really, it really handicapped him. Unfortunately, I, I don't know. I feel weird saying, unfortunately, like it's, it's shitty what happened, but also like he was a gangster. A menace. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, you can find compassion in all areas. So now let's move on to our final person for this episode. And that uh, is going to be John Wayne Gacy. When it comes to true crime and serial killers, none take the cake like John Wayne Gacy. Everybody knows who he is. I would say arguably he's the second most famous under Dahmer and only because Dahmer's had a TV show recently. So Gacy was a serial killer and sex offender who raped, tortured, and murdered at least 33 young men and boys in Nor uh, Norwood Park Township near Chicago. Gacy committed all of his murders in his ranch house. Typically, he would lure a victim to his house and dupe them into putting on handcuffs as Gacy would claim to want to show them a magic trick. He would then rape and torture his captive before killing them by either asphyxiation or strangulation. So this man was 
an awful part of society, like just truly despicable. Gacy was br eventually brought to trial on February 6th, 1980, having been charged with 33 murders. Gacy was ultimately sentenced to death for each count of murder that he was uh, being charged with. Although his execution was set for May 2nd of the same year of his trial, he would remain on death row for 14 more years. That's quite a, and I, you hear that a lot now, like people will be on death row for 10 years, five, 10 years before they're eventually executed. And it's like, at that point, what's the point of having them on death row for that long? Yeah. A lot of them die before they even get the chance to, uh, yeah, let's, you know, let's look that we're going to do that right here, everybody. And, um, you know, why does it take so long? Why does it take so long for a death row inmate to be executed? And it's funny is you can only find the answer on Reddit. <laughs> uh, so this person says, I used to work with death row uh, as a corrections officer. It is due to the appeals process. They automatically get a few appeals in my state unless they waive them. Often their lawyers can petition for additional appeals. The justice system is not perfect. Innocent people do get convicted. They also are wrongly executed. I personally do not mind the, the, the appeals, and in fact, I'd prefer the death penalty be abolished as it would be better to let a few who deserve to die live than to kill one innocent person. So it seems like, like and I know Gacy did it. He, he put out a lot of appeals, and they always get denied. So that's what it sounds like. It's like it gives them the chance to be like, wait, no, okay, maybe we did get it wrong. Because there have been instances of people being executed that were found completely innocent years later, and you're like... Oh, we're oh, we're awful people for I that. I messed up on this one. Yeah. <laughs> That's off, Jory. That's like like it's a mulligan. Like they're playing golf. Ah, we'll get them on the next one. Like no, that's awful. <laughs> so on the morning of May 9th, nineteen ninety four, he was transferred for his execution. On the hours leading up to his execution, a crowd of about a thousand people gathered to voice their support for the execution. Now they were all gathered in front of the prison. Because they transferred him to a different institution for the execution. So they had a thousand people out there being like, you know what? Actually, we're kind of happy that this is happening. And I don't necessarily say I can blame them when he was being charged for 33 murders. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of people. So Gacy was executed via lethal injection and was pronounced dead at 12.58 a.m. May 10th, 1994. His death would be a lot gentler and calmer than what any of his victims would ever experience, which almost feels kind of like it, it, it leaves kind of like a sour taste in your mouth. Like, oh, they, they killed him by lethal injection, which I get. Like, we have to be civil people. We have to be a society that is not barbaric. But like, honestly, for somebody like that. Firing squad. I don't even think that's good enough. Like for what he did, like um, I remember hearing. Um, somebody a while ago on the internet just say like and it's the internet so of course it's going to be unhinged but they were like maybe we should do the execution method is the same way they killed their victims fair I mean yeah these people are sick you know yeah and so I, I, I don't really know how to feel about that statement but I do <laughs> yeah. under I understand that statement though of being like you you committed these crimes this way you should be punished the same way that you for what you did yeah feel what your victims felt Correct. But that's also where the, the, the part where some people don't like the death penalty because they want them to stay alive and suffer. But some of these people have pretty okay lives inside of prison. And that's exactly what I was going to say next. I think that a lot of them, you know, are pretty comfortable in there. You they know? got an Xbox. You They're know? playing Power World right now on Game Pass. Yeah. They, 
They got they they might even have Fruity Loops on their on their little transparent right. computer that they have in there. That'd be crazy. Could you imagine? Well, I mean, you can already see it. Like inmates at like jails have like their phones yeah. still. Yeah, they're, they're on TikTok. They're, they're yeah. live on TikTok. Yeah, they're have you ever, have you, do you ever see the the Drewski? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where he was like, "How much y'all want?" And they were like, "Man, a hundred thousand. And he was like, "Y'all think I must be fucking crazy?" Right. And he like he like cuts the call on them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I invite the audience to kind of weigh in on that one. Like, how do you feel about that statement? Because I'm not saying that's how I feel. I feel like I have to clarify. That's just something I had heard, and something that may make sense. But also, I can see both sides of like, we kind of got to uphold a we're better than that. Yeah. Aspect. So. But that's kind of it for the true crime of Chicago. It was kind of a quick episode. Um, I do plan on doing full episodes like this, but like just a deeper dive onto a specific topic. Um, I just want to make sure that I am always getting content out for you guys. Um, Make sure to check out our live shows on Fridays. I mean, they're picking up, Jory. I mean, I don't think you've seen one yet, but they are. They're getting pretty juicy. We found out the other day that there was a mirror against this entire wall before before they started renoing the studio. Really. Yeah, and my, you know, our our friend, the Black Cauldron, who's a tarot expert, was like, "That's not good." Oh, you man. guys had a, a a mirror in here. That's that's not good. Joy, do you ever feel like there's a dark energy in here? You know, I was here the other night by myself, and and I did kind of hear some things going on, and I knew that there was nobody in the building to the left or to the right because they're closed. They are closed at the time that I was here. It was around ten. Felt like something fell or, you know, I kind of looked around. I locked the front door because I definitely felt a little bit uneasy about it. Okay. So how would you feel if I said we were going to do an investigation here? Let's do it. Damn, not even a, I can't wait, just straight up, Jory's like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, I'm down. Okay. I, 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 ah, I have to work here, so <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I guess that's fair. We also want to cleanse it, too. Like, she wants to cleanse this place, maybe yeah. sage it and all that. Which is fine. I totally understand. When we did our ghost hunt, we saged ourselves afterwards, and I didn't have any problems. Absolutely. But, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. Um, Make sure to check out our live stream on Friday, every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It is the call-in show. It's where you, the audience, gets to call in and be part of the show. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. Um, We've been getting a lot of, like, paranormal stories. Nothing against that whatsoever. I know one or two of you got to have a UFO story or a, like a cryptid story, like a Bigfoot story. I know one of you has to have seen him. So, but, uh, all right, everybody, thank you so much for watching. And until next time, stay bizarre.